Welcome to Hey Let's Talk About Podcast, where each week I call up a friend and together we dive in to a different topic about life and the world around us. Today I am joined by the lovely Polly Judd. Hello, did you say podcasts? Did I? Hey Let's Talk About Podcast. <laughs> I didn't mean to if I did. This is a singular podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, before we get started, I've got my fun little question. Polly, if you had to live on a desert island, what would the island be made out of and what would the sea be made out of? I think anyone that knows me would see would know I'd say cream eggs, just in some <laughs> Yep, um, for sure. In terms of the sea, probably something along the lines of chocolate, melted chocolate. I think I can make a boat, it'd be quite buoyant, you know. Make a boat out of what? Maybe like really long cream eggs, like if the trees are made out of cream eggs, I could make <laughs> cream egg planks. That would be pretty cool actually, because if you had a really long cream egg, you could just hollow out the inside yeah, and then exactly. sit in it like a canoe. And I can use the, the middle bit for like... Glue. you got this all figured out. I have, I've been thinking a lot. <laughs> So everything is just cream eggs and chocolate. Probably. I'm trying I'm desperately trying to think of what other things I like. I like a lot of things. I just chocolate just kind of dominates everything really. I know. I love chocolate so much. It's so so good. Uh, we're talking about travel, which is a bit ironic because lockdown part three for <laughs> the UK has just been announced. So we're gonna be at least until the mid February at this point. Yeah. It's all it's all very unsure at the moment. And exams have kind of just been cancelled, which is also a bit weird so yeah. we'll see how it will go uh nonetheless no one will be doing any traveling anytime soon at least not from the uk um everyone's very lucky in new zealand and countries that are doing great with- so polly what's what's your favorite place that you've ever been to well and why oh okay and why oh big question um well i have two i think the first one being the netherlands because a lot of my family live there and I spent a lot of my early childhood there and it just kind of feels like home also they're just better than the UK in like every single way Um, (laughs) like they have like double-decker trains and they just it's all just like the transport is just so well done and I did just so lovely you know in um Spider-Man um, when Tom Holland kind of ends up and some like Dutch people are really nice to him and it's very stereotypical like windmills and tulips and things but I feel mm. like the reflects at least kind of everyone being so nice yeah um, and they're all tall aren't they yes I I mean I'm like not I'm not too small myself but still they're all very much taller than me it's quite embarrassing <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's kind of my comfort place um but my favorite place was probably Costa Rica I visited there when I was nine so my memory is a little bit hazy but um Ooh. especially I think it was a town called Montezuma um and there was a gorgeous waterfall that kind of you could walk up a trail and just follow the river going up and all these magical waterfalls and I did have such vivid memories of that place and I just that must be my favorite yeah I made a couple of friends and they spoke Spanish and I didn't there's these two boys I don't know if they were local or, or where they were from but I played table football with them like every night and it was really close to the beach a hotel Yay. it was an awful hotel but we were like 10 steps 10 maybe 10 very big steps like the beach was right there and there were coconuts and hammocks and things and I remember being oh, like violently fun. ill on New Year's Eve and kind of all the partying oh. was, the atmosphere was amazing just I was I wasn't vibing at the time so um right but it was just such an incredible place to be we didn't go further than like the beach and like the waterfalls but yeah made some really good memories there and made some good friends and I still remember what they looked like uh, before I say mine actually I should yeah. just say that uh we're very 
privileged and I'm very very grateful for the fact that I am quite well traveled mm. we, we both are aren't we yeah it's yeah. quite a lot of places I'm aware that a lot of people can't travel at all yeah I'm just I'm very grateful that I'm I know I have this privilege that I've been to a lot of places in the world so my favorite place I reckon probably Greece the mm. food there is so so good and I, I still remember this one very specific restaurant in Naflio that we went to that served like pork in a bag and it was just the most <laughs> amazing pork I've ever had and I want to go back to that restaurant just for that <laughs> hoping that they'll still sell it oh so in like a bag what do you mean by like a like bag or they cook it in like a paper bag oh. and I don't know I don't know why that's so magical but it is and it just makes it taste incredible and loads of the restaurants in Greece actually give like desserts free i'm like why you're not making you're not gonna make profit out of that but they do and it's amazing but i need to go to greece honestly i know my like list of places i want to go to um i love places where you can go out to eat in the evening and you won't be cold because that's that's impossible in this country (laughs) but in greece (laughs) you can like wear a t-shirt in the evening and eat outside and you'll be fine and dandy and yes. I love that I remember Costa, well, I went to not Costa Rica Sri Lanka just going out for meals and it was like you know it'd gotten dark and you were sitting there and you were still like quite hot I wish we could have that here honestly yeah and I love places with like old history like a lot of I mean of course every place has history but, but I mean <laughs> like, like Greece has all the, yeah. loads of ancient ruins and stuff yeah, that we yeah. saw and like, that's really fascinating yeah um, I mean, like the Greek you know Greek mythology is so cool and there's so much depth to it like yeah is that quite like reflected in in greece is that quite within their culture just the mythology or is that kind of us westerners going oh it's cool um i don't know because i don't know much about greek mythology i mean (laughs) there are loads of buildings and stuff but i don't i don't think it's really reflected that much I don't know I could be wrong it was a few years ago that we went there anyway it's a, it's a very very lovely place and I definitely want to go there again oh, take me with you when you go again yeah hide in my suitcase please <laughs> <laughs> so what's your like least favorite place you've been to or somewhere you wouldn't go again um well it's definitely not my least favorite I wouldn't say I have one but a place I probably wouldn't go to again is Sri Lanka which was a lot down to circumstance but also right. um as me and my mum traveling alone it was quite difficult um it was always kind of people saying oh so where's your husband where's where's you know and it was a bit like okay but we're we weren't really listened to and um it's obviously such a difference in culture and language barrier was really difficult to get Mm -hmm. open yeah we just sometimes felt like not entirely at ease where we were and it was quite difficult to yeah it was just quite difficult for us but we did make some amazing memories a lot of quite scary things happened but Mm. it was really beautiful it was so beautiful there was a part of it up in the mountains a place called Hapitali I believe that's the place and that's where they pick tea and we went there on the train and most of the way was just you could see like you know the women out picking tea leaves and they were so skilled at it and we just all flashed by and the trains were absolutely crammed one of the train journeys because a lot of them didn't have doors so you were just kind of clinging on near near the door and just hoping you won't like fall out and when they went across the mountains the view just stretched out for miles and miles and it was just tea just everywhere yeah. went to um lipton seat so you know like lipton tea yes yeah the, the view at lipton seat was just incredible the i remember wishing i had some sort of like camera on me because the the mountains and the clouds and it was just the most like breathtaking thing 
and the tuk-tuk funny story we ended up going there because mum was like kind of really into kind of helping out the local people kind of in her own like little way just as we're passing through so we brought loads of pens with us because apparently like the kids didn't always have enough like writing utensils for school so I had like a whole bag of pens that I just didn't use like felt tips and things and like glitter pens so we gave those out and we kind of befriended like local very very small local community within Hapitali and they kind of gave us a tour and every single house almost invited us in and gave us tea <laughs> and oh. it, it would they were so lovely them because they have so little but yet they really wanted to share and like show off like their lives and and it was just so lovely. They gave us Ceylon tea, which was like, I don't want to be rude, but I hated it. I'm not a huge tea fan, which is probably like bad because I'm British, but. Right. And obviously, we didn't want to be rude because we were so grateful that they would like invite us into their homes. So every single house we went past and gave like out pens and things they gave us tea as a thank you yeah i i won't i don't think i'll ever drink that again it was it was lovely lovely experience i just couldn't stand the tea yeah yeah so they offered to take us up to lipton seat on their tuk tuk and i think there was like five of us crowded in they were like kind of their sons and like you know people in their little community a couple of boys kind of got on with us and we were all squashed together and we were going up the mountains and the roads were so dodgy we were so close to the edge of the road and my mum was so scared that we were going to tip off the edge Mm. and the same day we went there a bus crashed and six people died and just really was like a oh my goodness that could have been us like so easily yeah and I'm just really grateful that it was fine it was a talented driver good good driver so yeah Mm. all all around pretty good yeah I think there's just other places I'd want to visit it's not that I disliked it I think I would go there again if I was offered but there are so many places to explore and I just want to get out and see yeah which is why I wouldn't go again um that thing about the uh tuk-tuks and the dangerous roads though that's yeah it's yeah it's so yeah and it's it's quite interesting from a british person's perspective like roads and regulations are very quite strictly followed in this country but in a lot of other countries like health and safety is quite a, a natural thing here yeah <laughs> a lot of countries it's, um it just disregards it a little bit like in yeah. in vietnam when you go there the people on the roads on their motorbikes and in their cars and everything they will never stop for you if you're trying to cross the road mm. like in this like in this country with all the like zebra crossings and everything and stop. Mm. they will not stop for like anything <laughs> so you just have to like walk al- along and just like dodge all the cars and everything <laughs> and then, you know having grown up in britain it was quite a scary thing actually walking along this road and then having like loads of motorbikes coming straight at you and the, th- the, the like key is you can't change speed like if you're scared or anything because if you suddenly go slower or go faster then the person in the the motorbike or in the car can't really guess what speed you're going at and so don't really know where to go yeah. or slow down so you just have to brave it and go at the same <laughs> speed the whole way <laughs> Yeah, That's, I, I haven't even considered that. In um, Sri Lanka, the first day we got there, we took a taxi. We wouldn't usually splash out on a taxi, but um, my mum really liked to travel as cheap as possible. And it was the first day we'd kind of got in, it was evening and there was a huge lightning storm and it was lashing it down with rain. And the taxi driver in the midst of all like, it was getting dark and you know, so you could barely see through the rain. He was just on his phone the entire time driving. <gasps> he was very talented very like very good driver but me and mum were just looking at each other like um is this and then all the other taxi drivers were doing it it's just so interesting to see the culture difference and I think it's it's definitely wrong to like criticize that from us like as westerners and people you know because 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. If it works, it's fine, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the way they do things, and I just think that's can be a bit scary. I mean, even in countries that drive on the other side of the road, which is every country apart from like us in Australia, even that's stressful. Mm. <laughs> when you try to drive, yeah. I mean, I I haven't tried to drive, but I know it's stressful for my parents mm. trying to drive um, mm. on the other side of the road. I remember one time, I think we were in France, and the sat nav tried to take us back home to our house in the UK, <laughs> and it wasn't until we'd driven like quite a way that we were like, "Hang on a minute, this isn't the way we're supposed to be." <laughs> like imagine if we hadn't noticed and then we a few hours later drove all the way home and we're like hang on weren't we supposed to be in France a few hours <laughs> a couple of years ago I went through Europe just seeing various family and we went through Belgium and Luxembourg and that was amazing and mum there's a roundabout and mum just completely kind of you know you just get so used to doing things you know like driving on the left and yeah mum just completely like kind of forgot what she was doing and it's like oh god we need to drive wrong side of the road it was at a roundabout and I don't think they were very happy with us yeah so we've talked about your favorite place and your least favorite place um what place actually uh do you want to go to that you haven't yet been to oh well I'd love to go to Italy. Oh, yeah. I remember reading Alex Ryder and thinking, yeah, I want to go there. Yeah, and like you said, Greece as well. Just more European countries, I think. Yeah. Just, I don't know. The more I think, the more places I, I just want to go to. I want to go everywhere, really. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people want to go to Japan. That sounds like a really lovely place. Yes, I'd love to go there. Very expensive, though. I've been to Venice, and it's very, very nice. Oh, I, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so, if I wasn't so, like, I just really don't vibe well with the cold, um, but if I did, I'd want to go to Russia, I think. And I think a lot of people overlook that. I, I watched a documentary last year. It was just so gorgeous. They're talking about the permafrost and how one fourth of like all trees in the world are in Russia, apparently. Yeah. Which just doesn't sound right because you think of like, oh, what about the Amazon and things? And But it's just such an enormous country. And it probably won't be too cluttered with tourists either because I feel like people want to go somewhere warm. I mean, I also want to go somewhere warm. Any warm place, I just soak up the sun and it's amazing i don't know where apart from japan i mean i haven't been to any north or south american countries and i also haven't been to any african countries i've only ever really done um europe and asia and australia so mm. it'll be yeah i think it'll be fun to go somewhere like that that i've never been before africa as well that would be a good place to visit yeah i mean i was meant to go on the swaziland trip with yeah. with geography a level with college that um in 2020 and of course that didn't happen and quite sad about that to be honest but you know nothing I can do about it that would have been very fun yeah I was so gutted for you just because you were so excited like from the first you were like I want to go to Swaziland and I I wanted to go on all the trips I was like I know I'm gonna go on all I'm gonna save up my money and everything I didn't go I didn't like go on a single one because I've already been to Iceland and oh Iceland I could talk and talk about Iceland Mm. because usually I like warm countries but that was just so amazing did you see the northern lights no we didn't every night we kind of my geography lecture would kind of tell us and like not really an assembly but a dinner or something and you'd be like okay chance of northern lights is this percent and it was never like high enough to worth like getting out and going to see them right we did pretty much everything else it was quite there was like a snowstorm 
um, or something similar. So a couple of things like seeing like the geysers we couldn't do. Like the you know when like eruptions are like hot water from the ground. Oh yeah, just, like, little like natural fountains. Yeah, I would I would love to yeah. go to Iceland and definitely see the Northern Lights. Mm. That would be amazing. Yeah, and the the waterfalls and like the kind of hot springs and not hot springs. Well, kind kind of technically like natural like geothermal pools that you can just go swim in. Isn't it called the Blue Lagoon or something? Yeah, we didn't actually go to that one. We went to, I don't know if I should be saying it, because it's called the Secret Lagoon. I feel oh, like it's... Oh, no, it's not secret anymore, is it? <laughs> put out there. But that was um, a lot smaller, less people, and, yeah, cheaper as well, I think. And just better better for us in the, maybe, like, from where we were staying. And just the, the structures and, and the waterfalls and the contrast of the snow and the black rock, it was just so amazing. I'm so glad I took, like, loads of pictures, because, yeah, yeah. it was really... I definitely want to go back there. It's strange because I get so cold. Like, I really, really don't like the cold. And there's that um, that black sand beach, isn't there? Yes, I, I can't remember the name, but and it has the kind of basalt, like, cliff. And Yeah. Yeah, you see, um, like, promotional, like, adverts and stuff at Iceland. And a lot of the, because it's a lot of the attractions, everyone kind of goes to all the same attractions. So that's what they used to advertise. So you scroll through, like, a... I got a travel advert on Instagram once. And I was scrolling through and I was, I was thinking, oh, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. Which <laughs> yeah. is really cool. Mm. Yeah. Although very expensive. I spent £9 on three bookmarks. Wow. Very, very pretty bookmarks. I still use them. Mm. <laughs> so that's worth it. And um, one guy in my class, or in my year, he met KSI. I think quite a large group of people kind of saw KSI like walking around and it was like oh what do you mean in in Iceland yeah just in town we were kind of <laughs> you know, at the time my friends and I were in like a diner it was like a very like American style and it was all really expensive and and I didn't pay I just stole their chips but <laughs> we were there for most of the day which was which we could have bumped into KSI I mean I've never like I don't know not not a fan of him but I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Would have liked to have caught a glimpse of the fame, but yeah, it still would have been no. cool to see him. Yeah, literally. So yeah, have you seen um, that Eurovision film? No, there's a film on Netflix about Eurovision. It's very funny. Um, I'm a huge fan of Eurovision, and to have a <laughs> film made about it was also very funny. And it's set in Iceland, and it's just it's really beautiful. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I've never like been like into Eurovision. I must. Oh, I love cool. it. I'm such a huge <laughs> fan. I don't know why. It's just. It's so funny and it's so the music and the performance is so specific to Eurovision. You can hear something be like, This was definitely Eurovision. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we had um like going a bit off topic here. I mean it's still like travel, like different countries. Yeah. We had a like a French Eurovision in I don't know, was it year seven? And I think we had to dress up as something like really like as nuns, I think. Like singing nuns. I don't know what it was <laughs> and it was all in French and we just had none of us could speak French. We just kind of sung and it was probably sounded awful to actually like a French speaker, but that that was something Well that's not French Eurovision, is it? That's just French vision. Yeah, it, it was it was a bit weird. It was just everyone singing French songs, so I don't know why they. Yeah, should have been a French vision. Yeah. Go over there and tell them to rebrand. <laughs> so, have you got any like fun little stories or anecdotes of places you've been or things you've done? Well, I've got a couple. There's, I kind of need quite specific questions to random memories to like pop up that I've forgotten about. I do remember thinking at the time when I was there, like, I want to remember this forever because I'm going to forget how glorious this place is. And it was in like these, 
I, th I think limestone caves in Luxembourg. We were just passing through, just going through like all the countries, you know, up to around Germany and um, through the Netherlands and things. And they were like really amazing. It was this massive, massive cave system. And I just got so inspired by it. I wanted to to write or just to I feel like you could do so much with it mm -hmm. and it's just hidden away from the world at some point you had to go in like a little boat because it was all flooded and go around and I, I don't know how to explain it but it was just so captivating and there's because I thinking back now I'm not really sure what entranced me so much but I remember thinking there because I didn't have my camera with me I couldn't find my phone so it's just all in my head and I was really trying to burn it into my head also when I was very young maybe about six or seven I went to Canada for um, a wedding um, of my family there was a couple of incidents one of them involving a bear and a field I can't remember if this is my own memory or just being told to me by like my dad right um but I was on a horse that much I remember and there was like a lady like a friend of the family and her dog and we were going kind of trotting around this field and on the other side of the field there was a bear now I can't remember which bears are the kind of non-aggressive unproblematic kind of bears but I think it was a kind of safe bear I think and it had two cubs I think sun bears or black bears I think yeah. fine yeah I, th I think black bear yeah I don't remember this myself I remember my dad saying because he saw it from the house because the house overlooked the field mm. I had two like babies like two cubs and when the bear saw us um maybe like the mum she picked up the bears and kind of tossed them into the undergrowth oh just like threw them because oh. <laughs> she, she was obviously scared well, i was scared of the bear and the bear was scared of us and the lady that i was with was just completely unfazed by it and the bear just kind of trundled off into into the trees after her cubs so that was scary at the time but i wish i kind of appreciated it more instead of being absolutely terrified yeah yeah another time wasn't kind of to do with the terrain or anything um i was in a van and he left the handbrake off when he went to go and get the ticket for walking now there's two variations of this because i was so young it was either we were about to to basically the van was rolling were you in it and i was in it oh. and he was gone i was in it and i couldn't drive i was like six or seven and i was in the end i unstrapped myself because it was teetering towards either another car or like a river oh. and i for the life of me i can't remember which one because i remember my memory conflicting with what my dad said about what it was but either one wouldn't have been great and i felt like i was in a dream and i waited to wake up and i didn't wake up so i thought oh god so i unstrapped myself and like yeeted myself over i just leaped over to the steering wheel and just steadied it and held it straight Whoa. um kind of stopped it stopped the car and i was waving to my dad in like a panic but the thing is, is all the parking like meters they were all broken apart from one so it's going like from one to the other and like lining up and like trying to get it so as he was like kind of dashing across the car park i was frantically waving him to come back because i didn't know what to do and he saw me waving and just kind of looked at me and, and waved back and just carried on doing what he was doing. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Not realising me, like, panic. And he came, he said afterwards, when we were kind of telling the family, he said, yeah, I didn't think my parking was that bad because we were so close to, like, the edge or, like, the other car. Oh, and, my goodness. Yeah, yeah so I was slightly traumatising, but very cool. I did like Canada. That is traumatising, but <laughs> pretty smart of you to save yourself i know i think that was like my peak intelligence <laughs> because uh, of course if you didn't know what the handbrake did then you couldn't have done that mm. but you mm. you did know uh, about you know that you could use the steering wheel and you used what you had available you, you used what knowledge you had available and i think that was very yeah. good of you <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> yeah 
um dad said well, well next time you need to like push in this and then do the hand pull this up and i was like well hopefully there won't be a next time if you actually put the handbrake <laughs> yeah, next up. time you should be the one to put the handbrake up yeah <laughs> yeah so still alive still here still kicking oh good um, <laughs> uh, I have a bit of a similar story to your black bear one. Um, I think it was in Malaysia, and we were we came across uh, these wild monkeys, and um, they were just having a chill time. You know, monkeys are pretty chill, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and my brother and sister, we saw this baby monkey, and we were all like standing a bit of a distance away from it, so you know, to not scare it. But we were like, "Oh, cute little monkey!" And then we hear our mum's screaming like not too far away from in this field and it turns out like the big alpha male monkey of the the pack or whatever you call a group of monkeys was <laughs> was like chasing her down and screaming at her <laughs> and I don't remember much of it because I was I mean I was distracted by this baby monkey but yeah yeah that was quite scary and then my my dad big strong man as he is came and and like clapped really loudly and made himself look really big to you know scared mm. them away and you know he succeeded and i'm very thankful for that but my i think my mum's been traumatized for life after that after that oh my goodness that must be so scary there's yeah. i think it was about monkeys um i think it was a beach it was kind of in like a national kind of park area and we walked through in the end of it there was a beach uh, i think that was costa rica and there was a monkey basically if you left your stuff unattended the monkeys would just steal it yeah they were there in the trees kind of like sharing packets of crisps and like opening bananas and like unwrapping like sandwiches wrapped in plastic wrap mm. and so mum mum and I had to take it in turns going in the sea so one of us held on to the stuff right the sea was so warm that if it got too kind of cold I'd just go back in the sea to warm up oh right weird you know like opposites to Cornwall yeah I re- a monkey came really close to me kind of like seeing if it could pinch anything that I wasn't kind of looking after properly and I remember I kind of like I wasn't too old so it's probably not a very good idea but I bared my teeth at the monkey and this little monkey kind of scowled at me back and showed its sharp little teeth and I just thought that was <laughs> quite funny <laughs> a little interaction and it didn't really occur to me that it might like attack me or anything but you know it just ran off <laughs> yeah well um at this sort of nature park or whatever that we were at um I think we were looking at like loads of different types of spices or something that the mm. tour guide said that there are two different types of wild monkeys that hang around here. And one of them, if you look at them, if you give them eye contact, then they will take that as a threat and they will attack you. And then the other type that if you don't look at them and you ignore them, then they will take that as a threat and they will attack you. But the thing is, the two different types look exactly the same. (laughs) So there was no way of telling. And luckily we didn't have any encounters with them, but that that was quite uh, worrying, quite funny. Yeah, it's quite scary. Anyway, back to travel. <laughs> I think I think the whole just the whole thing about traveling, especially traveling in an aeroplane, is just like a whole another thing. Like it's a whole mm. different world. Like waking up early and then going to the airport hours before your plane actually yeah, leaves. Yeah, all the security, all the hanging around in, in the airport, all the like artificial lighting and stuff and and then actually getting on the plane and it just i don't know to me it feels like something that's completely different to everyday life i mean there are yeah. loads, there are loads of people that do this all the time you know it's like their job or mm. i know it's it's quite strange it won't it doesn't feel like a proper holiday unless you wake up at like three in the morning or something which when you're like a kid 
it's just so exciting like you're instantly awake I think now I'd rather not be woken up at three in the morning yeah. and just get my sleep otherwise I'd be quite grumpy but yeah as a kid it's like you get woken up and you're kind of gently shaken awake it's like we're going on holiday and it's just just a feeling of just such intense excitement at the airport and like we're going on holiday and on the plane it's like we're going on holiday and one as I kind of got older one year I just didn't feel that and it kind of less got lesser and lesser oh. and one year I just felt like oh it's cool and exciting and I just didn't feel that intense emotion that I did as, as a kid just traveling on planes mm. so I just I count myself so lucky that my mum is going to travel and took me to all these amazing places yeah I've I've actually gotten more scared of traveling by plane as I've gotten older yeah, no, I Because I, I think as a kid, you just go along with whatever everyone else is doing and you don't really think about anything. But now I'm actually a little bit scared of traveling by plane because now I understand all the things that could go wrong. But kind of, yeah. kind of irrationally, because also I should be able to understand that it's very unlikely that a, the plane will crash, that anything bad will happen, you know? Yeah, I, I'm exactly the same. I was plane was taking off and I was, it kind of struck me as I got to a certain age and I was like, hang on, if I actually think about this, we're in just a big metal box going goodness knows how fast, <laughs> just straight up in the air. Like, <laughs> this doesn't seem logical. And when you look at the ground below you, because you're so high up, it doesn't look like you're moving at all. Yeah. And it's like, how, how is this like suspended in the air? And you see so many kind of like, movies you know planes failing and crashing and things and it's you just can't your mind just can't help but jump to like worst case scenario sometimes but yeah but then once you're there for like i don't know 10 minutes it kind of wears off and you're like okay let me just read my book or something yeah have you ever um been caught at airport security for anything i have actually and that links to like something i wanted to say about kind of taking stuff with you on i don't know if it's just me or like i'm always really disorganized when it comes to going through security like they tell you at the place like oh we want all of this in a separate bag or like this in the tray and you've got to root through all your luggage to get it out i don't know if i don't know if you've ever had that but there was one security part and they stopped us and we were like we you know we were so confused as to like we know we'd taken everything out and and it turns out it was a, like a tiny pair of scissors in the first aid kit that we had. Mum doesn't like to put things in the hold because it means extra time waiting. So we bring stuff on like uh, as carry-on bags and have very little luggage. So we don't bring any items with us that might have to be put in the hold. And that was just really like a bummer for her because it was caused such a hold up. Like mm. just we were about to get into like there's like a wait the waiting room to get on the plane. It was like quite late on and they scanned us and they were like, no, you can't have that. Mm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to again say like have you got any essential you should be asking me really any like essential um <laughs> thing with you travel essentials okay yeah um, i mean apart from the obvious you know clothes passport phone chargers you know body wash i don't know um <laughs> as a kid it, it was always essential for me to bring stuff to do on the plane because mm. you could watch films but sometimes that gets kind of boring so for really long flights I used to take like coloring books or little things to make or puzzle books and stuff. Yeah. And a little tube of toothpaste if you're on a <laughs> really long night flight. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah. Well, I always used to cram my bag full of things. I had like drawing paper, writing paper. I had multiple books. I had like various electronics. When I was younger, I took my DSi. DSi? Can't DSi. That. Well, that everywhere. It was just my entire like bag. I had clothes and I just had like 
like half of my stuff were just things I never touched but I needed just just in case I needed them for entertainment I always always ever since I was really young I have had a diary with me which I try and add in every day and just go into as much detail as possible about what's happened during the day and how I feel and what's going on and a lot of um like especially because of social media and I'm still so in contact with people in England a lot of that creeps into my diaries as well so it's a mixture of like what's going on oh and also this drama that's happening like back in Cornwall <laughs> right it's, so my diaries are quite a weird mash one thing that I always need to take with me is sellotape because if you've got like ticket stubs or just random like oh. I don't know I don't like a camera um like for polaroids or anything but if you did just being able to quickly like stick something in just adds so much more character to because I'm quite I like the aesthetic of the diary I mean my handwriting is atrocious but I still like the way it all looks so yeah sellotape is something that just have on hand just a tiny little roll of it or something and secondly um like adapters for your plugs um and just knowing the place you're going to or if you're going to multiple places like look ahead of what you're going to need a power bank if you've got one i have like quite a chunky one um and that's just saved my life honestly even just like sleepovers just bring it with me and everyone's phones in the morning you've run out and yeah just like again with like the scissors and the first aid kit and like pen knives and things you can't are you talking about you can't bring that stuff on a plane (laughs) (laughs) in costa rica when I was nine I at a young age I was just weirdly obsessed with like whittling and like pen knives and things not in, like a I don't know psychopath way just <laughs> I like I like my like my little knives yeah um so I bought like my favorite pen knife ever I don't know where it is now I've, I lost it years ago um but it was so chunky and it had like, everything under the sun you needed it had like a compass and like a magnifying glass and wow. like tweezers and and like various different knives and plies and scissors and yeah so that was the one thing preventing us from taking all of our luggage on as like carry-on and mum said can we can just like mail it home and I refused like, no no I want my knife like I was just so attached to this like <laughs> chunky little pen knife so we had to wait for like hours extra and like change like plans a bit just so I could put my pen knife like the bag with my pen knife in like the hold of the plane oh my goodness it all on with us you can have them in your in your luggage but not in your hand luggage yeah yeah your mother yeah well your mother has a lot of patience my parents would have just <laughs> i don't know i mean my sister once did bring tried to bring scissors on her ha- with her hand luggage she was very young so she didn't know that that wasn't allowed mm. but she got in quite a lot of trouble for that mm. oh and last thing um i think it's really important is afterbite so if, if you're going to a hot place with mosquitoes it's literally lifesaver. Just kind of yeah. soothes all the everything. I feel like I want. I can't remember which holiday it was. Luckily, it was only a short one. But I only packed clothes for like really quite thin, like t-shirts and things. Like expect it to be really warm. And it might have been France or, or somewhere, and it wasn't kind of too warm. And I just got really cold. And I had one jumper which I'd worn on the way there. And it's just almost impossible to pack for what weather there is because mm. what you expect isn't always what's going to happen. And I've had it the other way before. I packed so many warm clothes and not worn a single one. I think that that part's kind of impossible to gauge like exactly. Yeah, you kind of just have to pack for all weather types mm. and hope for the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Insurance as well. <laughs> if, you, if you get, if you get. Uh, a bad injury in another country it's very helpful to have insurance yes (laughs) well do you have a final random piece of advice to end with oh i don't know i think just kind of definitely respect the place you're in the amount of people kind of littering and just really like evidently not respecting the area that we saw Mm. it's just i don't know you're not you need to understand that like a lot of places you go to because the english are so bad at foreign languages yeah a lot of us in general and other people speaking english like the amount of people i've seen kind of get frustrated and you've they're accommodating for you with their with their speaking our language 
and we're in their country and I think you just need to be so respectful of that yeah and just of the general area just pick up your litter leave things how you yeah how you found it and research a little bit about things Mm -hmm. that you might not know that are rude but you could be doing yeah. that are and also um, learn a little bit of just like essential words as well the amount of mm. times <laughs> when we've been to like france and instead of saying like we oui, my parents get it wrong and they say see si, and then <laughs> and then we we went to spain or italy i think and instead of saying see si, they said we <laughs> and it was it's just really embarrassing yeah. i'm sorry so i'm sorry mom and dad you're probably listening to this but they've made that mistake quite a lot of times and, and that's quite funny but the locals mm. thought that was kind of strange yeah especially in like europe because i was just l- last thing i was like driving around with mum and we could, didn't really know where we were we're just kind of driving the country's quite small so you can pass like through them without really noticing and we were at a petrol station and mum was like what, what do we what do we speak and she said oh is, is it Flemish and I was like don't be ridiculous Flemish isn't a language and it was um <laughs> so that was embarrassing don't be ridiculous um, <laughs> yeah so I just insulted an entire language there <laughs> my, my ignorance but yeah so it's quite funny because they were quite exasperated with us like all these bloody English people coming in and not knowing what we're speaking yeah it's quite funny so yeah uh, respect yes definitely yeah I think that's a pretty good place to end this episode mm. thank you Polly for being on the podcast thank you for having me it's been great and thank you for listening next week I'll be joined by another guest we'll be talking about another thing so tell your friends tell your family tell your second cousins tell your uh, black bear this has been hey let's yeah. talk about with Madalena Larkin I hope you have a wonderful week